G'day, g'day, and welcome to 2024 Farms Advice, the fifth season of it. Talking everything farming from the office out into the paddock so that you can improve your daily routine and your outlook, as well as getting that little holiday at the end. It is much needed anyway. So welcome to the podcast. We This is around 210, 210th episode for for the podcast over its lifespan. Um, so it's actually like four and a half years, but as the years go, this is the fifth year of recording. Um, so thanks for the OGs, the ones that stuck around all that time. The first couple of months, well, the second month, I got 14, 14 listeners um, back in 2020. That would have been July. June, I had a couple, which is probably me listening back to it and mum so thanks for mum listening in the early days um but we're breaking some boundaries um on the farm but also for the podcast as well so sitting around the 10 to twenty thousand at the moment as of last year and we're keen to smash some more records as we go on but we can't do it without you the farmers and everyone else involved within australian agriculture take the time subscribe to the podcast don't tell anyone um, that it's that's how you're performing on your farm, um, but it's a great way to kick it off. So thanks for subscribing. Um, follow along, some good content to come out. To follow on from the two thousand two thousand minutes of content thus far. So as you may recall, over the last couple of years, I wanted to start off the year being a little bit healthy, and we've tracked down some a really good organisation but also a great person to come on the podcast and break in, into new regions, different types of farmers but also different stories which is amazing for the podcast but also for you as a listener. So today we're getting pretty fat with fat farmers. Ben Wonderzitz is amazing and probably he's one of the forefathers of the organisation starting up and actually realising that he wants to change his lifestyle Um that he probably wants to farm for longer than he was on track for. Um, but it's also a pretty brave conversation for farmers to talk about turning their life around, changing their goals and their priorities, uh, going to those early morning gym workouts. Probably it's not the easiest topic for farmers. We're pretty macho as it comes, but these conversations go a long way to help do what we do um, and improve what we do as well. So. February is a pretty trying time for us. It's We've got our ram sale coming up on a romantic 14th of February. So if you're looking for some shedding sheep, we've got white dorpers. Um, the sale starts at 11 a.m. Um, it's probably actually sponsored by Analara White Dorpers this episode because the time it goes into the podcast, sometimes I'm speaking to the guests um, within farm time. Um, Dad may not know, but then the time is made up for that. So grateful for the flexibility that Australian farming and our farm allows for that and for the betterment of our own farm, but also for the betterment of 10,000 plus farmers out there, um, people working within within the products and services um, within the farming game. So thanks for tuning in. Let's get into this episode. It's a cracker. Now we'll cut away then. Well, 
Ben, this is the very first episode for 2024. Um, this is our fifth season of Farms of Ice podcast, and I say our because it's a bit of a community now um, of sharing knowledge. And why you're on here is a little bit about how we like to start the year as the podcast and hopefully encourage farmers to be a bit healthier with a healthy episode to kick it off. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, thanks, Jack. Um, no, I think it's great um, to start off the year. Um, obviously, we've all come off Christmas and um, and hopefully um, most people grabbed a bit of time off in January. So um, often the diet goes out the window and a bit much beer, so it's probably um, pretty timely. And your fat farmers, we're two fat farmers. Well, actually, i probably go the other way. I've lost a bit of weight and I need to eat a bit more, um, which... That will come up in conversation of my questions that I've got for you later on in the piece. But introduce yourself, Ben. You're a farmer. Um, whereabouts are you and what are you producing? Uh, so, yeah, I'm a fifth-generation farmer. Um, we farm out of Maitland on the York Peninsula in South Australia. Um, yeah, came home in the 80s to a small family farm. Married at 25 and, um, yeah, we've got a couple of kids who... Um, have um, better educated than me and gone to uni and they're now working um, over east. So, um, yeah, just chipping away. We um, mainly farm food-grade grains, so lentils, malt, barley and high-protein wheat. Do you have problems with snails down your region? Yeah, we do. Anywhere that uh, alkaline soils... Um, um, is great for growing lentils, but yeah, after sort of 25 years of no-till farming, um, yeah, no, very little cultivation, no burning, where snails are a big issue. Yeah, it blew my mind. They're actually pretty common over in England as well on the family farm over there. They they get snails as well going up their crop stems as well. Um, uh, something we don't have to contend with in central New South Wales here. Yeah. No, they are a challenge, and, and unfortunately, we've created this great environment to go grow crops in in what is low rainfall country. But yeah, the, the snails once you take the cultivation out, um, yeah, they just explode. And and obviously, we're growing food grade grain, and so they just can't be there. So yeah, a lot of management. Yep. The, the French must love your flower, then. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they, uh, no, yeah. they do. But they, are, yeah, they are a challenge. Very good. Um, so looking into your family operation, your farming operation, you've never looked back since 20, or you got married when you were 25, but been in your young 20s, um, you would have had some challenges. In the, where's Maitland? Is it Peninsula? Yeah, York no. Peninsula, um, really tightly held. Um, and obviously the centre of the peninsula is 500 mil rainfall. So yeah, I came back to a sort of a 500 hectare family farm and just hard yards really just didn't really have enough land to make a go of it so um so worked off farm worked a couple of jobs for 10 years and um eventually we started farm contracting and then we started share farming and then we started leasing um and leasing and leasing and uh finally we've been able to buy you know a reasonable chunk of land for our area so um yeah we've just had to chip away really i think that's the case in a lot of areas where Farmland's getting hard to come by with all the good stuff in the good areas. Um, people are hanging on to it for that capital growth, I suppose. Um, but all of your farming career, that leads you into around 
your 40s, you've given up the local sport. What sort of sport were you playing? Were you playing Aussie Rules? Yeah, I played Aussie Rules really only for four or five years until I was in my early 20s. So, um, and then sort of work took over. And, and I think, you know, we had kids pretty young. And um, so you start going to kids sport and, um, and, and really, you know, then you don't focus on yourself and that kids sport. I think like everywhere, we'd sort of have a hamburger for lunch and watch sport, have a few beers and, and then have a counter meal. And, and, and I probably found that when I got into my forties, I just started to put on a bit of weight um, and, even in day-to-day life um, around the farm, I just found I was puffing. And um, eventually my wife, Belle, said, look, you're snoring a lot. And I had a sleep apnea test, and I think that was a bit of a catalyst that the doctor just said, look, you haven't got sleep apnea. You just need to lose a bit of weight. So, um, yeah, so something had to change. And for you, you're, for me, it's probably the same sort of timing of that community sport finishes, especially being on farm sort of give away the sport because I can't have bad shoulders and farm at the same time or be out um, financially as well. It's pretty tough to be bringing in the dollars as well for the farm if you smashed yourself during sport on the weekend. Yeah, that's right. And and I think, yeah, we sort of had to push on and make a mile with the farm and, and I was a pretty shit sportsman anyway. So, um, yeah, it just seemed to be easier to focus on the kids and, um, yeah, and work, really. Yeah, sort of that, that, isn't it? If you're mediocre, you may as well just pull out and focus on something else if you're not going to be the actual athlete. Um, but talk to me about Fat Farmers. It started in the area of Maitland. Um, who was involved? How, how did it start? Um, and obviously the doctor called you a bit pudgy in the beginning, but what was your mindset to get across that line to some weights or go for a run oh well I, I think initially um i knew i had to do it and um we actually took a couple of weeks off and took the kids to Ayers rock and so i was i was climbing Ayers rock with our kids and and obviously it was pretty steep and it was hot and and that was probably when i thought enough's enough i'm puffing like a big black alsatian and i just need to change so came home and at that stage there was one bloke at our local gym and i think about 50 females or something, and um, so I, I just joined up old Haney, the fat farmer in the gym, and and I just couldn't believe um, it. Just only took a few weeks, and you know, cardio improved, and 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 I felt better, and and it was just um, yeah. So anyway, we sort of thought, oh well, rather than two of us, we might as well get a few more. So we we invited a few more people, got up to about five, and and. Um, and we just enjoyed the social outlet that um, that it provided, and eventually we'd have a coffee after. And um, so yeah, then we we sort of thought, oh well, we might try and get a few more people in. And of course, what do you do in Australia? Put on a barbie. So we started pulling a barbie on the footpath, and pretty unconventional. And we'd bring in a few old old newts or whatever cars and have a muscle car morning. So. Eventually, we sort of it became sort of commonplace for blokes to go to the gym in our little town, so it was good. That's good, and that's probably the birthing ground of fat farmers. Who who is the wizard that came up to call it fat farmers? Well, it's probably me to be honest. And that year, the um, by now we sort of had four or five families a bit involved, and and the city of Bay came up, and um, 
and I hadn't run a step in years. And um, so we thought, oh, well, we might get a few T-shirts printed called the Fat Farmers. And and um, and we did the City to Bay and, and I don't know, it was, um, yeah, we had a bit of a run and rest policy. So we all sort of ran over the, over the line together. And, you know, it was one of those punching the sky moments where you thought, shit, I, I didn't think I'd be doing this. And, um, and that probably prompted me then to think, well, you know, could, could we share this with some other communities really? How would you sort of identify for other farmers out there that they need a change in their own lifestyle? Like we get stuck in the tractor um, because we want to, we want to make a profit that year. We want to grow the food. Um, we want to get it done before that rain's coming in. How do you actually how do you identify that you need to change your lifestyle or do you need to change it all? How did you do that? Well, I, I think there was probably a few health, health things creeping in, really. Um, you know, the sleep apnea and the puffing and all that sort of thing um, and the doctor. But probably, um, yeah, and, and I couldn't really participate in you know, in stuff the kids were doing and obviously that was the Ayers Rock experience and um and you so um whereas now obviously I can pretty much do anything. I can I can match our young staff on a grain shovel, I can go water skiing, I can run twelve Ks at the city to bay. So I, I think just feeling like I was missing out and probably losing my youth. Um yeah, so that was probably what 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 prompted that change, I think. Has there been a fair bit of like mindset to get around um, the sort of hurdles that your brain was telling you not to worry about it, not to go to work out. So like how far is your gym? Is it 5Ks or 20, 100? Uh, yeah, look, we're lucky it's only sort of 10Ks away or something. But I think what I didn't realise until I did it is um, is this connection between exercise and I don't know if it's endorphins or whatever it is and mental health, but you know, I actually found once I'd done it, I I actually had more time in my day because I had more energy. So um, so it was really, it ended up being counterproductive. I could take a couple of couple of hours or you know two or three hours off farm um, a week, but I was actually getting more work done. And yeah, so um, you know, and to any farmer that sort of makes sense, really. So um, but but that change and moving out of your comfort zone and what you've traditionally done is obviously a bit tough. Yeah, I think like just getting that sort of last rep out, knowing that you can do a little bit more, lift heavy weights. Uh, you come back into the farm headspace a little bit refreshed as well. You've got a bit of momentum behind you and a little bit of serotonin in your blood as well. Yeah, I'm pleased you pronounced that. Yeah, absolutely. You just feel a different person and, you know, and you know, on day two after doing a bit of exercise, you, you, you're physically sore, and but it's good sore and you think, oh, this is... Yeah, it, it just drives you to, I, I suppose, do more. And and I think if you're ever contemplating changing your diet, once you once you change one part of your life, it's easier to then to say, oh look, I, you know, I, I might have an alcohol free day to day, and I, or I might just change my diet, and I'd rather than having a pasty for lunch, I might have a sandwich, and and it sort of starts to snowball a bit, and it's always a bit of a challenge between work and time off, but um, but eventually it's just part of your routine. Unfortunately, we can't always get a pasty this far up north from South Australia, so we have to go for the pie. Um, but for those, you'd be around the sort of average age that I sort of feel, not in general, the average age is 58 in ag, but sort of 
for those farmers um, with kids and everything. What talk to us about your routine? How how much do you work out? What sort of things do you do? Um, what do you focus on that like allows you to be the best on farm? Because when like I got a home gym here, we went to the gym. My partner's PT. She doesn't PT me. Um, but to do the things that help you on farm, is that what you're trying to target? Yeah, and in life? I, 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 yeah, I, I think you know, for for us at the gym, it's you know, it's not a lot of weights. Um, a lot of us have got busted stuff, knees, backs, whatever it is. So it's really just a bit of cardio, um, yep. and just repetitive stuff. So um, yeah, it, it's nothing. We're not trying to lift 120 kilos and. Yeah, and, and and it's very modified, and I, and I suppose with the with the fat farmers, we don't set out to really. There's no stereotype like it in. So we do a workout twice a week, um, six thirty in the morning to seven thirty, and have a coffee. Uh, hopefully, make it to work by eight. And um, yeah, and you know we've got we've got young kids in there that are twenty two or three, and we've got blokes that are sixty five. So, um, but it, what it is is you. You know, the social side of it's just refreshing to meet new people and and eventually, to be honest, you end up with a with a whole group of, of mates, I suppose, or another support network that, you know, that you can just, you know, discuss things with and whatever's topical, whether it's good, bad or indifferent or injuries. So, um, so you end up building this whole sort of, you know, this, this whole sort of another group of mates and, and it's probably a bit like I know a lot of people that played a lot of sport you know, that's something they really enjoyed. But, um, yeah, and this is a similar thing, really. Yeah, 100%. For fat farmers, like as your group, what what's your role on the committee? It's committee, isn't it? Oh, uh, well, more recently, um, you know, now we've, uh, we're an incorporated body. Um, yep. We've just registered as a charity. We've got a board of directors with some amazing people on it. So, um yeah, and, and I was chairman of that board for a while. I'm probably stepping back a bit now. So, um, and we're about to put on a, we've had a chief executive in Tessa who's been great. She's sort of had a lot of experience in non-for-profits. So, um, yeah. but now we've got 20 groups, uh, you know, I think one, yeah, 20 groups pretty much in SA and, and we're looking at a couple over the border. So, um, so now we're really going to push on and, and try and go national and, hopefully um, have an impact in more communities. We might have one popping up in Central West New South Wales. So I was keen on doing a sort of farm fitness group or just a, what you do to meet up socially and everything, um, but sort of bind us together by being better farmers, more fitter as well. So I might have to start up the chapter for the Dubbo region. Um, but over the span of fat farmers, what sort of key milestones are you able to actually calculate or measure what sort of impact fat farmers has had so far? Probably not really, I suppose. Um, you know, you always have those, um, you know, just within our own little town, you know, I think, A, we've changed that stigma around males, you know, actually exercising um, and, and coming to the local gym. Um but yeah, you see life changing sort of outcomes every day of people that you know really were reclusive and didn't didn't leave the farm, and um, you know, and now they're potentially that's just part of their week, and um, you know, started playing sport, you know, probably better, uh, 
you know, they put a lot more effort into their family and just that, that whole life change, I suppose. Like during that drought, you would have been continuing on as fat farmers. Did that help bind you together a bit? Yeah, absolutely, Jack. Well, I think you just have that network of people around you, um, um, you know, and, and, and I don't know, when you exercise together, you, you, I think you just have slightly different conversations that you have in the pub. Um, and, and I don't know why I think you have injuries or whatever's going on. Um, and, and I suppose, you know, I don't know, I, I try and encourage people to go and um, you know, go to the doctor one, once a year and have an annual inspection or do whatever you do. Um, so I, I think it's just a bit of a forum that sort of is based on your, on your health, really, and that probably includes your mental health. And probably the only other thing we try to do as an organisation um, We've got some great ambassadors, so um, you know, any time there's a local function going on, sometimes we we don't hold a lot of our own, but we have a few. But but if a mental health speaker's coming to town, well, instead of getting eleven people, we might get two hundred. And um, yep. and I know we one of our sort of defining events was was when the Naked Farmer Ben Brooksby was travelling, and and the same thing, you know, we just sort of. You know, we put together an evening and, you know, had a cracking photo with 20 blokes and had a men's health night for 200 people. And so I think it's just, you know, it's engaging small segments of your local community to, to focus on, you know, particularly men's health um, and well-being. you know. But in saying that, you know, the groups can be whatever you like. Some are family walking groups, some are cycling groups, some are mixed Um yeah, in our little town, we also often have a Wednesday night session that's more of a family-focused session. So, um, yeah, but it is, you're right, it is hard to, to to measure, you know, other than the individuals I see sort of come through and and that's the bit that, you know, I, I see people come in that can't do a push-up and all of a sudden, you know, they're running the city to bay and, you know, and, and I think in our industry, Jack, we get these reclusive farmers that never leave the farm and you know and um, and to drag drag someone in and you know and, and just see them really learn another life and start playing basketball again or whatever it is it's 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 pretty powerful stuff and it probably drags your your headspace off the farm as well um that's a, probably a lot of why you're going back to the farm a little bit refresh as well you're not banging out shit, I should have fixed that fence or my yield should have been a lot higher this harvest. How are we going to cover um, that from off last year's or didn't meet our budget to our actuals and everything? Um, that probably plays a huge role. Yeah, it, it does. And, you know, and generally we're all dealing with the same stuff. But And I think you know, one point of difference is if you go to the pub, there's alcohol involved. And, you know, and, and I love a beer like everyone else, but this... You know, it's a healthy environment where you, you you're really not waking up the next morning with a thumping hangover. You you know you eventually get home refreshed and think you know how good was that? So um, yeah. Do you see that like fitness, our physical and mental health sort of gets left behind in farming? Like it's all talking about ag tech and the latest technology coming to farms um, when really we need healthy people to be running these. Um, we can't be drunk, hungover, unfit, broken shoulders, broken legs um, to actually run this this kit that they're trying to sell um, all the time. The farmers need to be quite present as well. 
Yeah, that's right. And and as an industry, like we, you know, we're embracing technology and automation, and you know, we we everyone's got a quad bike so they don't have to walk, and everyone fits an A frame so they don't to a Ute so they can tow the thing, and you know, and even in the livestock industry now, we're seeing livestock handlers and all this stuff to um, really so we don't break people and to reduce risk and keep our staff and all that stuff. But ultimately, as an industry, we're now not as healthy. And I, and I think, you know, when, once we've got a mobile phone, well, then it's basically like having a computer in your pocket um, yep. and social media. So we never switch off. And, you know, and so, um, you know, we're, we're really looking for this massive productivity gain. But in doing that, our, our people are probably, um, they aren't as healthy. They're certainly not getting that mental break from, from devices or technology. So, um yeah, it, it is a bit counterproductive. Um, and if you can just do something aside from work and get off farm on, um, yeah, it, it's great. Has it translated to the Maitland community, the four fathers of fat farmers, um, down to your tucker box? You've got a bit of a healthier tucker box. Your smoko's looking vibrant. Um, or like it's a balance of what we're doing. Yeah, look, I... I, I I think when I get under the pump, I just love eating fast food. And yeah, I'm a bit of a shit eater, for want of a better word. So, um, but I, but I think you understand the difference, you know. And um, you know, so yeah. And and look, even if you're just supporting your unhealthy lifestyle, it's actually better than better than not. So, um, but yeah, diet all becomes part of it, really. Yeah, certainly. Um... How how have you made time to fit this into your routine? Is it just because the other farmers are encouraging for you to get there as well, and you don't want to sort of let them down with your accountability? How like physically um, and in your diary? How have you actually fitted it in? Whether you got harvest or you got your downtime doing office work or kids, um, other commitments, you need that hour or two. How do you make it happen? Well, you know, and, and you don't always make it happen, but I, but I think, and what we've particularly done with our session is that it's paid for all year round, so it's always there. So, so you're right. There'll always be someone go, and um, you know, and if it's a damp morning and harvest, will you just make the time? Um, you know, sometimes you know, we're we're staffed to a pretty reasonable level. I just make it a priority. So, um, yeah, and, and I think you've got to gear it. You know, mornings or, or evenings, you know, whenever really most suits you. And, and probably what we found for our groups, it does take a while to work out that balance and, you know, of what days, what nights works. Um, yeah. And yeah, so that's, um, yeah, that, that's sort of what we do. You're a morning or an evening gym goer? Uh, yeah, mornings. Yeah. And, and I don't know, I'm 55 now. So I, I just find that, yeah, by the time I'm sort of done in the evenings, yeah. And, and Bill and I might go for a walk or something, you know, after tea, but, but I'm probably not looking to thump out a gym session. Whereas in the morning I, I I find I'm fresh and um, keen to have a crack at it. So we'll wrap this up. Um, two fat farmers having a yarn. For yourself, what was one piece of farms advice relatable to your fat farmer's journey um, that you were given throughout, throughout it um, that sort of spurred you on or within the farming game? What was that for you? 
Oh, sorry, mate. What was that? I'll just have to have that again. Sorry. What's one piece of fans advice that someone's passed on to you that you've sort of taken under your wing um, and ran with it? Oh, shit, Jack. Um, oh, advice. I'm going to have to think that through a bit. I can't. Um, do you mean in sort of ter- terms of my... In in terms of your community or like your parents or something, um, what was something that keeps you going? A bit of a quote or whatever that you live by. Yep. Right. Do you want to start that section again? Is that how you do it? Yeah, all, all good. Um, so what's one piece of farm's advice that someone's passed on to you that you've Take it under your wing and you run it by. Oh, look, I think for me it's probably surrounding yourself with good people. And um, I didn't really ever get the opportunity to, you know, finish year 12 but didn't go to ag college. And and I've sort of been that person. I only know what I know. And so yep. I've just found that as we've sort of, you know, as I've surrounded myself with better and better people, I've just learned and learned and um yeah, and really pushed on probably, you know, not only on the farm but as a person. So I think that's the one for me. And what's the best piece of farms advice you'd like to pass on to others? Um, and I think your physical and mental health would be a good one. But up, up to you, of course. No, I, I, look, I, I think look after yourself. Um, we've been really lucky. We've got quite a lot of staff now and long-term staff. You know, look after your people. Um and we actually look after our community and, you know, and we've got a small community. We're pretty light on volunteers. So, um, yeah, so I, I think that holistic community, um, yeah, I think that's it for me. And or you've got a few sponsors sponsoring the organisation now. You've, I saw Hardy on there, I believe, um, and there's a few others. Do you know them off the top of your head? Yeah, look, we've been lucky uh hardy have just recently upped their sponsorship um emmets and john deere are at the same level and we've got a grain handler locally um t ports who's just started up so they've come on board as a major sponsor and and look it's a very lean and mean organization and, and but we we need help to grow it so um yeah so no, they've been great bootstrapped and i hope this gets the word out to other farmers out there whether they want to start up their own sort of fat farmers chapter or just to spur them on on their farm to do a bit of physical activity and get that heart rate up. So how can we actually, how can we start our own fat farmers community? Is that a way that we can get this across Australia for someone listening in today? Absolutely. Yeah, that that just, yeah. And obviously there's um, fat farmers on most social media uh, platforms. We've got a website. Uh, Tessa, our executive officer, is always on the end of the phone. You know, give me a call. But it, it's really a sort of finding whatever you've got in your town, be it a community hall or a gym, um, you know, and then someone's really got to find a bit of passion and, and, and put a few people together. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's pretty simple. It doesn't cost a lot, but um, shit, it can make a big difference in your community. Bootstrap, but doing a huge effort for the community as well. One last question that I have is if you – do you read books at home and whatnot or over your lifetime? Is there any books that have helped you out um, or some that you've liked reading? 
No, if it's not I, I'm not. No, I, I don't know. I, I'm yeah. I, I, I'm probably. I, I don't read much. Um, you know, I, I watch Twitter a bit, I suppose. But um, you know, I, I think the defining moments for me is just travelling around, looking at other farmers, meeting other farmers, and and probably taking that day off farm to 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 go to that JDC event or you know. Or we've had a couple of trips overseas, and I and I think just getting out and having a look and talking to people—that's probably been um, where I've learnt most of our skill, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, I I tend to go on trips as well, and just as you're going down the road, just start to think of renovating that paddock. What you would run in there, or you could put some more sheep in there. Surely, why haven't they done that? Um, that's a good crop, bumper crop there. I'm just sort of window shopping, but for farms. Um, it's pretty cool to do as well. No, it's good fun. No, it's an amazing industry, and I and I think one of the strengths of our industry is is we share, and you know the corporate world's all locked up in um, non disclosure, and and we're just so sharing, and I, and I think that's a that that's a strength of the industry, really. Certainly is. Ben, fat farmer Ben, thanks for coming on to the podcast. Always starts a conversation, fat like the word fat farmers. Um, so I think you're doing a pretty good job um, as the inaugural sort of team down there at Maitland and I really hope it does grow as the initiative um, to all the districts of Australian agriculture. Fantastic stuff. No, all right. No, appreciate it, Jack. Thanks, mate. Thanks for listening to the very first episode of Farms of Life, Series 5. For those of you that have subscribed, thank you so much. And to the other 50% that haven't yet subscribed on the platform that you listen to most, Spotify, Apple, they're the most popular ones. Uh, Please make sure you subscribe. That is the only favor I'll ask of you all year, I promise. And go ahead, follow us on Farms Advice at all your social media platforms. We're pretty vocal on there showing what we're doing on farm, um, what the our previous guests get up to, the alumni of Farms Wise Podcast, and we continue to build this amazing community. Um, thanks to you for tuning in, the listeners. I wouldn't be doing it without you. So until next Tuesday, keep on farming. <laughs>